Hey gang, PJ here up top with a quick content warning. This episode features discussion on rape and sexual assault. Given the subject matter of the anime we watched, it's a large topic of discussion. So if you need to skip this episode, no harm, no foul, and we'll see you on the next one. For those continuing on, listener discretion is advised. Weaponizing racism for the good of all mankind. We watch Goblin Slayer and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Quiet Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host producer at Weave of All Trades and disembodied fate dice, PJ. And me, your go-lucky-but-now-dead adventurer, Skylar. And joining us today as always is our dear friend and newest member of the Adventurers Guild, who's already been warned against hunting goblins, Lauren. Hi! I actually might have something to offer this week, because I like know about goblin slaying from Dungeons and Dragons that I've played before. Yeah, and what's more Dungeons and Dragons than the genre that it defines fantasy as we continue through Fantasy Month this week with Goblin Slayer. So Lauren, tell me that name. You know, this is going to be a theme for the month. Fantasy names are very descriptive. Yeah. But they could go a lot of different ways. So tell me, Goblin Slayer, tell me what you think that's going to be about. Okay, so I am basing everything about my predictions this week on Dungeons and Dragons because that is what my experience lies in. So goblins are pretty low level when it comes to enemies. So I'm thinking this is going to be like your basic Dungeons and Dragons type of adventuring party. And they're out to slay some goblins. You know, so they're like your your rookies and we're going to watch them progress through all of these different adventures and they're going to get better and better as they go along. But you got to start somewhere and it's with Slaying Goblins, your lowest you level enemy. The, the Slaying Goblins is the name of the show, but it'll only be like the first two episodes or something. Listen, goblins aren't like, I mean, listen, they, they're not that high level. So I don't know how long this anime is going to run. Maybe goblins keep popping up. Maybe they get there and they're like, oh, shit this goblin nest is bigger than we thought and it takes longer to get through and you know there's I will like- say you and I played through a one shot that was all goblins and we mm-hmm. were like 6th level and all almost died it's true when you get them in large groups they're very vicious <laughs> I was gonna say I mean it's like colonies of roaches or just like rodents it's not necessarily you know uh, they're all higher level it's just there's always so many of them it's true it's, it's true it's all about overwhelming and if you so. have like any kind of like thought behind those like weedy little goblin people then mm-hmm. well that said once you saw the poster did you glean anything else about this anime this is going to be our adventuring party for sure um i'm still under the assumption that they're going to be slaying goblins and our main girl in the front the blondie she looks quite young so i'm thinking that new adventurers is probably on the mark i took her to be our cleric so she's super magical she's the healer she's very sweet and caring she's the mom friend of the party. She's going to be taking care of everybody. The archer with the one with the bow and arrow on the left. I can't tell if it's blonde hair. It looks like blonde hair to me. That's our ranger. 
They're very mysterious and a little emotionally distant because they have a grudge against goblins who slaughtered their their loved ones. So they're in this for the revenge. The white-haired dude in the back who's drinking from something, I said he's our bard. I'm pulling a bard into this. He is here for a good time, not a long time. He's uh, an accidental acquisition to the party. He kind of just stumbled in with them and is like, sure, what the fuck, why not? He's going to bring a little more levity and humor to an otherwise dangerous mission. Our man in full suit of armor, he is our paladin. He is the strong, quiet muscle of the group. Uh, The tank, he's going to be the one taking all the hits and dealing the most damage. Um, He's out here, I said, to kick some ass and take some names because his god wants him to get rid of the evil in the world and goblins are pretty evil. So that's that man. And then rounding it out, you need some more magic. So the white-haired lizard man, I can't tell from this angle what exactly his race is. I said he's our druid. He's our very wise, very powerful magic user who's also extremely confident and he gives a lot of very sage advice to this group as they travel through their goblin slaying. Okay, I mean, I think that's a pretty well-rounded out party. A lot of it makes sense, right? You know, mm-hmm. high elf archer. I mean, an elf archer is pretty common to mm-hmm. some extent, mm-hmm. right? It's pretty safe to assume the person in full plate mail is either a fighter or a paladin. Mm-hmm. I think this this makes total sense. Can you imagine why this party? I mean, you've got you've got quite the varied cast here. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel they're only hunting? They're only slaying goblins because they are the low level uh, scum, or do you think that there's maybe something more to it? I think the ones who will bring more to it are the the ranger, the archer, because I think they have history with goblins and goblins ruining their lives and like killing people that they were close to and or the paladin the man in full armor because i think his his god might dictate him to do things to where they're gonna be hunting goblins longer than they thought to where maybe you know they start at a low level the goblins are just like wreaking havoc on this farm and then they follow the goblins back to their lair and it's like so much more than they thought it was going to be and so then it becomes we have to get rid of the entire goblins in the the whole country not just like this town and that's what you know spurs the adventure onward a goblin genocide if you will goblin side goblin side (laughs) well all right i'm very excited to see how much of this comes to pass so why don't we take a quick break i do want to put this out for our listeners who do watch along with us goblin slayer is a pretty rough anime it does have very graphic depictions of violence and sexual violence so if that is not something that you are okay with do not venture forth we have plenty of other episodes that don't deal with that stuff but if you are okay with that Please join us as we watch episodes one and two of Goblin Sayer, and we will be right back. So stay tuned. All right, we're back. We had Lauren watch episodes one and two of Goblin Slayer. Lauren, tell me, what did you think? Um, You were right. It was extremely violent, and I was uncomfortable for a lot of it. But I was totally right that this is D&D as hell. Yeah. It is very D&D. We were watching. I was like, is that dice that I keep hearing? Yeah. yeah. Is the dice because it's like a hint to the D&D or like... I, I could cover this a little bit more in the actual episode meet, mm-hmm. but kind of. <laughs> okay. 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 I assumed the dice had something to do with it too, Skylar. So you and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> I was just saying, like, <laughs> these dice are just here. I think they might mean something. 
You guys are so funny. Dungeons and Dragons. I figured it was like a direct connection or homage, you know? Like, to the point where I'm like, wow, this is really bleak. I really fucking hope the last episode of this anime is just a bunch of people at a D&D table. I still don't hope that. (laughs) That would be so cool. I don't, I personally don't like adding sexual violence into my D&D campaign. I mean, yeah, no, that would, oh God. That would mean sexual violence wasn't actually happening to... These uh, a real person. Well, Ugh. you know it is complicated, and it's something I'd like to discuss. But before we get there, let's talk. Let's get through some context. So, Goblin Slayer is based on the light novel series by Kumo Kagyu that has been published by SB Creative since February 2016 and is still ongoing for a current total of 15 volumes. A manga adaptation penned by Kosuke Kurose ran in monthly Big Gangen since May 2016 and is also still ongoing with a current total of 12 volumes. The manga and light novel both have a prequel spinoff titled Side Story Year One as well as a manga spinoff titled Brand New Day. The anime was directed by Takaharu Ozaki and was produced by White Fox for ATX, running from October to December of 2018 for 12 episodes, with season 2 having been announced last year with no definitive date for release. Mm. An anime film titled Goblin Slayer Goblin's Crown released February 2020 by the same creative team. With that, let's jump into episode 1 and 2. A young priestess joins a group of rookie adventurers who decide to raid a cave infested with goblins. Things quickly go awry when the inexperienced party is ambushed by goblins, resulting in all of them, save for the priestess, being killed, raped, or captured. The priestess is rescued by the arrival of Goblin Slayer, who swiftly kills the goblins attack her. She decides to follow Goblin Slayer as he proceeds deeper into the cave, killing more goblins and teaching her about their psychology and battle tactics. With the priestess's help, Goblin Slayer is able to kill the remaining goblins, including a goblin shaman and hobgoblin. They then discover several goblin influence, which Goblin Slayer mercilessly kills to prevent them from becoming threats in the future. Despite the traumatic experience, the priestess decides to join Goblin Slayer as his adventuring companion. Goblin Slayer accompanies his childhood friend Cowgirl to the city to sell her uncle's farm produce. He later heads to the Adventurer's Guild to find work, where he is treated by the rest of the adventurers as an outcast due to his low quality armor and his habit of only accepting goblin related quests. Nevertheless, the guild is glad for his dedication towards goblin extermination. Most adventurers don't take goblin quests due to their low bounties and those that do are often inexperienced. Goblin Slayer reveals that when he was a young boy, his village was attacked by goblins who killed nearly all the villagers, including Cowgirl's parents. There, he witnessed the rape and subsequent murder of his elder sister by goblins. This led him to train himself and learn how to kill goblins, but also resulted in him becoming socially awkward and obsessed with killing them, which Cowgirl's uncle warns will be why Goblin Slayer will never be normal. Later, Goblin Slayer and Priestess attack a fortress occupied by goblins, burning it down and preventing the goblins from escaping. Elsewhere, a high elf and her companions are looking for an adventurer named Orkbulg. And that's episodes 1 and 2 of Goblin Slayer. So, so obviously, this is like the, the elephant in the room, right? So we have a lot of sexual violence in this show. So much. Oh my god. Right. And there's this is probably the biggest controversy with Goblin Slayer is the rape. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have to tiptoe around it. You see a character get viciously raped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't see it, see it. But like, it's very much. You you know, you see everything but right. Like, yeah, everything short of making this, you know, rated X. Mm-hmm. And it's debatable what what purpose it serves, right? So I think to an extent it is there to show just the the true evil and depravity of the goblins, right? Yeah. Like these aren't creatures that you should be taking less seriously. Like these are monstrous Monsters. creatures, yeah. that do terrible things. Mm-hmm. No redeeming qualities. There is no redeeming quality to the goblins, right? No. And I think it serves its purpose there. I do think there is a subset of people who look at it and they're like, regardless of that, I still don't feel that that's where, like, they could have just been murderers. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have still just killed people. 
And mm-hmm. I do think that both arguments have validity. Mm-hmm. It is also, it's similar to kind of something we talked about with like kind of the lecherousness in last week's episode with Seven Deadly Sins. I do unfortunately, and I'm not saying this makes this justified or that it is necessary, as you can easily look back at our uh, toxicity in shoujo, mm-hmm. uh, our toxicity in romance anime bonus episode. Rape is used as a plot device a lot in fantasy, especially high fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. And I mean, it is there to show brutality, but also, you know, to a lot of people, it's like, well, I still didn't need this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I I feel like I can only speak to this so much as the two women on the podcast. I'd really prefer to hear your guys' opinion on what it meant and whether you feel like it was necessary or not. So based off our bonus episode, we've already talked about this. Unfortunately, it is a very common thing and it's used as motivation. I've been talking to my friend who's really into horror right now, specifically about violence against women, because it's always violence against women, mm-hmm. and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And when we watch it, it's just like, fuck. Like, I could, that is, again, one of the worst things you can ever do to a woman. Or a person, to yeah. anyone. Yeah. Yes. Most of the time in that context, it's, it's usually- It's always women. It's yeah. women. So yes, plenty of men get sexually assaulted and it's just as traumatic. It is equal Mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of different subsets comes with it, especially Mm -hmm. because like you have on the men's side, they're like, oh, no, we're not. This isn't supposed to happen to us. This doesn't usually. Regardless, it's a horrible, violating thing. I think when men see it, they go, oh, no, that's horrible. That could be my sister. That could be my partner, mm-hmm. et cetera. I want to protect them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, it sucks because it's just it's still like an imbalance, you know? Yeah, no, they're they're going for the I want to protect them from this instead of looking at the root cause, which is, well, why doing it to begin with? That's the problem is that it's happening. It's not that you need to protect me from it. You need to stop this from even being a thought that this would happen to a person. Like, that's what it's that's what makes me angry. Is, yeah, is that it, it is used for the motivation, right? So it's like, this is why Goblin Slayer is out here murdering all these goblins because something similar happened to his sister. And I get it, right? It's a good reason to hunt these goblins down. But at the same time, like, if he didn't have that motivation, would he be Goblin Slayer? Would he be out here saving other, mm-hmm. you know, like villages and stuff? I don't want to like, yes, but that. But that argument, I feel like is complicated because you're saying the only reason he's essentially stopping these creatures from doing these terrible things is because it happened to him. But like, he's only looking at it in that lens. But the alternative would be that you're saying that but women have to deal with it but like I don't then the alternative would be that women just have to always be out here hunting down goblins I think I think it was more of the if you took the the rape away because these goblins are horrendously violent right like they not only murder these adventures like they're dismembering them and they're like it's it is vicious what they're doing to these people and I I don't know if a rape is is necessary it does show them to be irredeemable so that later when you do see goblin slayer annihilate these goblin babies i didn't feel bad at all because i was like i've seen what these things can do i don't give a shit anymore it definitely made them inhuman for me so i guess that part of the storytelling was successful but i think that was more skylar's point was 
if you take the rape out of it, would Goblin Slayer still be Goblin Slayer? I think he would. I think seeing your entire village decimated by these things absolutely is a good motivation. But I don't know. The rape was very uncomfortable. It made me hate them. I Yeah, I just, it felt a little too gratuitous. I don't know. Oh, God. <laughs> as someone, okay, like, as someone who's watched, like, a lot of hentai, and at the very, like, and this, again, this is something I talked about, this kind of concept, like, rape is in a lot of, like, hentai, right? Mm-hmm. Because of just, like, it's low-key culture thing. And I was just, I made a joke to PJ. I was like, oh, this is literally just the hentai dungeon travelers, because it, it's basically high fantasy, like, you know. Mm-hmm. that whatever but like it's uh, like i've like honestly this stuff usually doesn't affect me that much like it's always terrible but i'm able to kind of just like move past it mm-hmm. and like i was just like damn this i think there's just a time and place where sexual assault can be used in media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. successfully and i just feel like they did it as a like a toss in, just like as another yeah. thing. It this didn't is, feel yeah. necessary. Yeah, obviously, sexual violence is not necessary. Not to say, I was about to say, mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever necessary. And I mean, you could easily argue that anything that is in the story can be taken out of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Lore wise, in this show, that is the only way that goblins reproduce. There are is no with- female goblins. Oh, they're all male. They're all male, and the only and they impregnate human females to reproduce. Oh, God. Not to say, because again, I still think you could take that out of the story and it wouldn't change much. No, they're but awful. But like the purpose of just saying that is to say like before we have people being like, well, actually, the reason is we understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand it, right? But without that context, because the entire time watching the first two episodes, I was just so uncomfortable, even after it had happened, right? Like it happened early on in episode one. And even in episode two, I was like, is this going to happen again? And do I have to like prepare myself for something else to happen? Am I going to have to look away from the screen again? Like I was on edge the whole time. Yeah, it was pretty fucking dour. Even just watching them just annihilate these adventurers was. And I mean, I've never minded violence before, but this was like next level. This was gruesome, which I'm I'm not saying that needs to be removed. I didn't find the violence too gratuitous. Oh, I I was going to say, I mean, we've watched, we watch a lot of like horror anime, obviously for Halloween. Mm -hmm. And you know, and you've seen just like small aspects of how gratuitous the violent is. Yeah. Yeah, I know it it could be worse, but... I think this coupled with uh, how violent or with the... The sexual assault. Mm -hmm. I think makes it seem like worse. And I mean, they kept also cutting away from the violence, which also because your imagination fills in the gaps, right? And so what you're imagining is usually for you personally worse than if they showed it to you visually. Because what you're imagining is they're doing to you or to this adventurer what you most fear, right? Mm-hmm. You just see blood splatter. You don't know what they're what they're dismembering. To you, it's the worst thing that could be dismembered. So it was for me, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> I was watching this and I was like, okay, adventuring party. And then they went into the goblin cave and I just like curled into a ball and I like was tense the rest of the time because I was like, oh, this is so this is so violent. As soon as we met everyone, I was like, well, she's on the cover. They're not they're all gonna die. Oh, same. Yeah, when she was like, oh yeah, I'll join your adventuring party. I'm like, you all just signed a death warrant. <laughs> yeah, I, will, I will kind of also posit like an alternative to this though. And I don't know how true this is. This could easily not be the intention. But you could argue that this show 
is an allegory for how lightly rape is taken in society, right? It's true. Yeah, it's just something that goblins do. You do do have, like, literally, no one gives a shit about goblins. Like, they're considered, like, unimportant. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. That's, like, some fucking level one shit fodder. I want the dragon. None of the important people care about it. Except mm-hmm. for Goblin Slayer. He's like, I refuse to let people be hurt by these things. You could ostensibly argue, and especially like, not to spoil, I always do this whenever I've seen uh, or know more about the anime. The rest of the party is also like, yeah, we want to be in Goblin Slayer's party because we want to kill goblins because no one's taking them seriously enough. You could easily ostensibly argue that this show is essentially like, these five people are like, why is no one more weirded out by the rape monsters? We need to kill the rape monsters. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, when you put it in that perspective, that's that paints a much brighter picture. Like they're essentially like the only people who are like, okay, people are literally being like rape is a big problem in our society and no one is taking it seriously. So we have to take it seriously. Yeah. And And then they get made fun of. Yeah, people make fun of them. Like this is Mm -hmm. ostensibly if you had like a section of cops like SVU. It's like if SVU was made fun of by the rest of the police force. The best one? I wouldn't know. I haven't seen all of them. But like, but like, arguably, right? It, I think where I think what the show breaks down to is, I think if the show is just fantasy, you could easily be like, yeah, the rape is so unnecessary. I think the rape is still part, like, definitely uh, gratuitous. Ugh. But I think if you kind of reframe it to be like, no, this is an allegory for how society literally does not find rape that bad. Not and serious. It, and these people are the only people who are like, no. We have to stop. And, and I mean, they're still made fun of. They're looked down on by everyone else who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like murder. Dragons. We have like serial killers to stop, you know, like if we're like yeah. continuing the like real life allegory. Right. That's true. And I mean, as uncomfortable as it was, maybe you needed to because when he's like, I want to kill all goblins. I was like, good. Fucking go. I don't want you to focus on anything else because these little monsters all need to die. So to that end, the storytelling was successful. Right, because I have no sympathy for any of these little creatures whatsoever. Not even their babies. I'm like, fucking kill them all. Now, like what I do killer. think was gratuitously unnecessary is when Priestess pisses herself. Yeah, I told... Yeah. Okay, so I told PJ, like, in episode two, I was just like, I wish I was, like, looking down or away or not paying attention because, like, every time I see her, I'm just remembering that time she pissed herself in episode one, and I'm just like... No, I think that's a you thing. It's a, Yeah, I wasn't... Did not want to see it. Mm-hmm. I do get it, though, right? It is... Again, it's. I feel like a lot of what this episode is going to be is the debate about what was important to keep in the story versus what wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And you could easily argue that, well, she's literally seen these things kill and rape everyone she came in here with. Mm-hmm. She's literally so scared that she can't even control herself anymore. And that's, again, debatable if, like, is that just like the ultimate representation of that fear? Like literally pissing yourself in fear is like a phrase, like it's a trope yeah. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, uh, yeah, but why? You know, but then you go back into the argument of like, no, like what you have to understand as an audience is how truly terrifying this is for her. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty terrified the whole time. So I get it. So, I mean, yeah, again, it's it's a complicated... I guess that's kind of something that I like about this anime is that it's complicated. Mm-hmm. It doesn't shy away from that, like, those uncomfortable things. So I think my issue is... And it's not even an issue. I, I think what this anime is successfully doing is um, 
obviously sexual assault that's a form of control and that's control mm-hmm. being taken away mm-hmm. when you're so afraid you evacuate your bladder that's loss of control and i can't handle that yeah i get so that. like when that when i see stuff happens like that like because again so often we don't see real world consequences like when someone falls and scrapes their knee and stuff we don't actually see the blood it's not like that big of a deal right mm-hmm. and then but like when you have stuff like that happen you're just like huh Hmm, this is a, a little too close to the too real close. world yeah. for comfort. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times anime is like an escapism thing and not like, you know, and there's many forms of escapism, right? But I think if it is trying to make you like uncomfortable as like an actual allegory for what PJ was talking about, then yes, it's successful. Do I like mm-hmm. it? No. Do I like people <laughs> seeing pee themselves? No, and it's not a prude thing. I just don't... No, I mean, I think it's it's valid. At the end of the day, everyone has, like, their own limits and, like, mm-hmm. what they are okay with seeing what they're not. You know, it's something that our friend and former uh, rotating host, Beck, has talked about where it's something where, yes, you know what happens, but it's not something you need or want to see. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I... Going back to Skylar's point about the the loss of control, I think that's what that scene of her pissing herself represented, right? Was that the goblins were taking control in every aspect, right? In the entire situation. They were taking control, whether they were forcibly taking it or not. They were the ones who were in charge. And that's what made them so frightening. Yeah, I mean, obsessively, the goblins are terrified. Oh, my God. And and I mean, realistically, there is, I mean, outside of the rape, very little difference between this and like D&D. I mean, that also depends on your DM. But I am personally, as I said earlier, not a fan of adding sexual assault into my campaigns. But I also know that there are campaigns that that's that's a total thing that happens. And that's, you Mm -hmm. know, as long as everyone at your table is okay with that and Mm -hmm. is okay with that as a subject matter, that's totally fine for y'all. But that said, like, you know, this is something that I, I was wanting to talk about that I was kind of hitting at earlier is like goblins are scary creatures when there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You know, every you know, you even kind of have that moment where like the the boy adventure is like, yeah, I scared away a goblin from my town once. Like, yeah, sure. A one goblin, goblin mm-hmm. you know, and that's when they're in that, small groups, it's whatever. Well, that's something that demon that demon slayer, <laughs> goblin <Goddess>. slayer, <laughs> just a lot of slayer animes. Very different. A lot of very different. So different. Completely it's like t- totally different. different animes. Yeah. But you know, uh, the goblin slayer says he's like, yeah, you know, these people think that they can handle goblins because they scared away like one or two that like r- got away from the pack. Town. But like when mm-hmm. you get the pack together, like they're a unit. You know, it let's let's say we're going continuing with like the D and D allegory. Mm-hmm. They're like a seven HP cr- character, and sure, like it's so easy to just like Annihilate have like a them. good sword and roll well and take them out in one or two hits. Mm-hmm. But if there's twenty of them, what are you gonna do? You know, at a certain point, they're gonna they're each gonna get off a hit on you mm-hmm. w- uh, at least like you know thirty to forty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, you're just if you're not high level enough to take that as grunt damage, you're gonna go down. I mean, it's like that little boy. Little boy, I do that all the time. It's like the uh, the male adventurer, right? When they I'd were say in the cave, he was a little boy. I'd say you're yeah, okay with telling you. I was boy. correct. Okay, I would say I mean, he's at least seventeen. Now I'm starting to be concerned that you can't tell ages. You have that thing where I have like face blindness. <laughs> I have age blindness. I am very bad at guessing people's ages. Anyway, to be the- fair though, there uh, a lot of people we work with do not look like their ages. So is that just true for all you? Anyway. 
we're getting off topic. Um, I mean, you saw that with the male adventurer, right, where he was able to initially handle his own against the goblins when there was like three or four of them. But then there was like all of a sudden 10 to 20 and he very quickly lost Nat one on his last attack. Well, I mean, even Goblin Slayer was like, this was a bad weapon choice because it's too big to swing around in here, which an inexperienced adventurer would never know. And that his his life was dead. He was you even heard him like he was screaming, and then all of a sudden he wasn't because he was dead. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is over. <laughs> the way you said that, it's like yes, that's obviously implied. Yeah, but, but like, like he was screaming, and then he wasn't because he was dead. Is not something I've like ever had to like <laughs> that. That you heard him me die. Of- it wasn't just watching him die. You literally heard him die too with it, and it was awful. That okay, this is literally Lauren is fucking the detective from Silence of the Lambs right now. <laughs> I don't understand that reference. So like when she's just like she had to go live with her uh her family and then they were on a farm and the lamb you know, the lambs would just cry and cry and cry and then they would get slaughtered and then they couldn't cry because they were dead. <laughs> That's the silence of the lambs. And like it like really fucked her up. Well, this fucked me up. This fucked me up, man. Konnichiwa, my fellow weebs. It's a heavy one this week, so if you've toughed it out with us, thank you for trusting us to discuss such a complicated topic. We tried our best to treat the subject with the right level of respect, and we hope that translated. If you're wanting a lighter kawaii disappointment, or want to hear discussions about these more difficult topics, head on over to our Patreon after this episode, where patrons have access to all of our bonus content. If you're looking for a fun trip down memory lane, later on this week we will be releasing our reduced redo on Neon Genesis Evangelion. If you are looking to continue on the more serious route, we also invite you to check out our Desu Deep Dive into Toxic Tropes in Romance Anime, where we discuss some of the most problematic traits of the genre. If you're interested in either of those episodes, or are just excited to hear any of the other bonus content we've released or any we have planned to come down the pipeline, you can find us on Patreon by searching Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaii desupod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, but a special, special shout out to our patron Alex J, who has upgraded to our $8 Eternal Desu patron tier, which gets you a monthly postcard designed by Skylar mailed to you, along with some extra goodies. In that tier with them is fellow patron Skullbosh. They are not alone though, as we have our super Desu patrons, our $5 tier. They are Dainé Killua, Magic Girl Girl Charlotte, Brad the Bard, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums. You are all pretty kawaii Desu in my book. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. We will see you all again next week as we continue through Fantasy Month with Ranking of Kings. Now, back to the podcast. say that our priestess is like what 15 <laughs> so like i think they're all quite young when they first start yeah, she is 15 and she's like i'm an adult now i was like you're you're not you're so not <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs>
She's like, I'm an adult. I can go on adventures. I was like, you're a, a child. <laughs> Please don't. Ugh. Ugh. Now I'm getting all the shivers. Moving to Goblin Slayer as the, um, the character. I do like that he is not necessarily super strong. He's just extremely competent and like knows his enemies super well. Yeah. That was really cool. The fire, the gasoline. Yeah, there's something like, you know, um, to be said, like, he's kind of a Batman almost, where he- Oh my god, yeah! He wasn't was trained to be strong, he was trained to be competent. Smart, yeah. You know, he yeah. isn't trained- Which you trained, know Lawrence slept for. He isn't trained to be- <sighs> A barbarian or what? You know, have brute strength, he's trained to be fearless. Mm-hmm. And Goblin and, Slayer yeah. is fearless. I mean, to, to, to a great extent, like, Goblin Slayer has, like, intense PTSD- and has ostensibly become like socially detached from society. Yeah, because yeah. this is all he does now. This is his only I thing. I mean, his name is now. Well, Bob to be clear, let me be clear. No one has a name in this show. True. Okay. Uh, his name is Goblin Slayer. Her name is Priestess. His sister's name is his not not his sister, but like the childhood friend is named Cowgirl. Cow the girl mm-hmm. at the guild is called Guild Girl. The archer is called High Elf Archer. High Elf Archer. The dwarf is called Dwarf Shaman. The lizard is called Lizard Priest. Like the, no one has a name. This is this. They have. They are called what they are. Now I do low key think that this is not a real thing that's happening. So let me be clear. It is okay. So this is not a spoiler because it's like not super important to the story, but it is what it is. Um, the dice. It is. It's. You could argue that the entire thing is a D and D allegory for sure because it basically is. It the basically dice. Is are being rolled by the gods to okay. determine people's oh. fates. Oh, wow. Which you Yikes. could argue is what D&D is. We yeah, are their gods. We are and their what gods. we roll determines people's fates in these yeah. stories that we create. It's true. Okay. okay. Okay, so the gods are rolling the dice and then that determines what happens. Yes. Okay. Uh, but I mean, who all... knows? Like, maybe the the light novel's still going, so maybe the light novel led with a bunch of traumatized teenagers leaving a basement. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so that means we're the all ones in. from Higurashi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. This has all just been a D&D campaign set in the Higurashi universe. I would believe it. <laughs> Check out our Higurashi When They Cry Go episode. Lauren cried in it a lot. Lauren, it was so funny when PG and I were watching the first episode and it did the flashback with the sister. Both me and PG were like, oh, her hair. It's in the side pony for the side braid. Have we talked to you about the side pony? I don't think you have. Basically, Lauren. In anime, it's very, very common to see um, older sisters or mothers who've passed on with the low side braid or side ponytail. If you see that hairstyle on a character, they will be dead. And I want you to keep that in mind as we continue with the (laughs) animes this month. Oh, I should take that as like a cue. Forever. Oh. (laughs) In regards to anime. That's a little, oh, that's, that's interesting. What an interesting style choice to be like, this predetermines your death. I'm never wearing a side pony again. So yeah, all of that said, yeah, I really felt bad for the sister. You know, I I also know that the best friend has a lot of like guilt because she's like, yeah, if he had come into town with me, he wouldn't have had to have seen that stuff happen to his sister. And like, that's why she feels like this need to like kind of be take, a, care, of take care of him with mm-hmm. her insanely ginormous breath. Uh, All yeah. of the girls had such huge tits. I want to say everyone I, had huge no. tits. But like hers, hers were, were like huge. Gravity. Hers were huge. The, the two girls Reese's in the adventuring had pretty party. small breasts. 
She's the only one. Her and the the lady at the guild. So the two main females you see throughout the show. High Elf Archer also didn't have big breath. That's, That's true. So but far, anyone... three of the four main characters we've seen female-wise do not have huge breath. <laughs> yes, but everyone who became somewhat topless or topless has huge tits. True. That's true. I don't, I've seen so much anime and big boobs are just a thing of anime because like, you know, at the end of the day, if you could br- draw boobs big, why not draw boobs big? Yeah. But, but usually it's like a universal thing. So this, when we it saw- It was so jarring seeing hers, how big they were. I was like, mm, why? Again, it's like so big. gratuitous. They get in the way sometimes they're too. I'm like, oh my God. So big. So <laughs> big. But like to then- they like yeah they have like their interesting relationship and you know she feels a lot of like guilt again towards everything that's happening but she cares a lot for goblin slayer even though like he can't really share that affection back to her i feel like he does in his own way right by like keeping her farm safe yeah i think that's how he's i mean he obviously just, just doesn't want to see it happen here again more so than anything yeah. Right? right yeah he doesn't want it to happen anywhere but especially here right mm-hmm. because she is the only tie that he has to his past yeah. He reminded me of the Mandalorian a lot. I could see that um, for sure. He has that, that loner. Like, that loner, that quiet man of few words, has like mm-hmm. a mission. Extremely and he's competent. Stick to it. Yeah. But we watch the Mandalorian get over his hatred of droids. But I don't think we'll ever see him get. No. And I don't think we should. Because there are oh, no. good droids. There, there are, are not good droids. Good there are not yet. good goblins. And you know, I. Wh- uh, that breads to the question well i mean we don't know that there's not some goblin out there who's like no i i kill also goblins too because this. i i'm disgusted with what our society does or some shit right right mm-hmm. right but i i don't know if that's gonna happen but i know you know he brings up that thing where she's like what about good goblins and he's like well if there is one you'd have to look really fucking hard to find one he's like the only good goblin is the one that stays in its cave and doesn't fuck other people's shit yeah uh but then that breaks the question what do you think about slaughtering the children Okay, so this is going to be a bit of a journey, but bear with me. So in Shakespeare's Richard III, Richard is very charismatic. He interacts with the audience a lot. He's very much like, let's you and me take over the kingdom together. So you're very drawn with him and you don't mind as much when he's murdering people. The second he murders the kids, he stops interacting with the audience and he's no longer that fun, suave person anymore. So it's always killing children that turns people against the character skywalker good old anakin skywalker it is that moment of killing the innocent that always villainizes a character i didn't mind this one and i don't think you're supposed to like it is very much clearly meant to be hard to watch regardless because they look innocent they sound innocent Mm -hmm. you know you heard them die too you hear them die it it sounds like pigs to a slaughter which is a hard sound for people to hear yeah um, and it's even yeah. hard for Priestess. Like, she's crying the entire time it's happening. But he is like, no, you if have to understand, A, they they hold grudges forever. So they so will they come will... find us. Yes. And they they are adaptable. They will learn how to avoid the deaths that these people face. If we don't kill them now, they will be harder to kill and they will want to kill us. Mm-hmm. So we have to do this. And he doesn't we even think twice to. about it. No, he's walking in there as he's explaining all of this, like swinging his club. Like, let's just, let's fucking go. You know, so it was hard, but at the same time, I did not feel at all different towards him at the end of it. I was very much still on his side, like, no, I don't like that this has to happen, but I do understand that it has to happen. And I'm with you to the end of the line. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not a con- necessarily super complex character, right? He does have his complexities. Mm hmm. 
but he himself is like, I am one. I am a man here to kill goblins. I don't care about killing dragons. I don't care about killing people. Mm-hmm. Like goblins take gold and they raid villages. You know, I don't care about how much I'm getting paid to do this. I don't even care if I'm getting paid to do this. All the money's going to cowgirl's uncle. Yep. I am here to stop goblins. The goblins. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's a very simple character drive, but it's very effective. And I want him to succeed. You know, I want to see him do this and like slaughter all the goblins and take care of this problem. I think my favorite line in these two episodes, and it's honestly maybe one of my favorite lines ever at anything, like he said it and I immediately pulled up my phone, wrote it down. It was like, I want this to be the motto of every D&D campaign I ever run from here on out oh which was when he said imagination is a weapon those who lack it are the first to die it was a very good line it's like it's true like being able to think outside the box and be like no you know they're gonna if there's another exit they're gonna come for us like Mm -hmm. being able to think about what's gonna happen and imagine the possibilities possibilities is what allows you to survive right and he's clearly Mm -hmm. been trained to look at things from a million different angles he abandons weapons left and right but he he just picks up a new one you know yeah and he, he's just always thinking on his feet. He's always moving on to the next step. Like, he is a well-oiled machine. He would have a good improv show <laughs> of slaughtering other goblins. If the improv was slaughtering goblins. I don't think he himself would be good at improv. I right. think that would be the most awkward improv show to just watch him up there. Because he doesn't even talk much. He's it's only definitely, ever- like, the Home Alone Macaulay Culkin of, like, Goblin Slayers. Like, it's a good time. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, at the end, you see the setting up of like the high elf priest, uh, the high elf archer, dwarf shaman, and lizard priest trying to find him. So you know that the party's about to grow. You obviously see them on the poster. Um, All of that said, yeah, you know, again, it's a hard anime to get through, especially those first two episodes, because they have to establish right up top, like how bad this is like. To be, to, right. to be fair, I honestly think it's better to do this than be like episode five and you're just like kind of bombarded out of nowhere with this. Yeah, right. I think at that least would... you know what you're getting into. I do think it honestly mm-hmm. would have also been a little harder because you would have cared more about that party. Yeah. And like not to say that you're like, oh, well, she's a faceless person getting raped because that's not the case. It's very no. hard to watch. But I think it would have been even harder if it was like there's this character that I love and care about having this terrible thing happening to them. Right? And she's completely changed as a person afterwards. Yeah. I mean, like they talk about how the few that are saved from being, you know, essentially goblin Never reproduction farms mm-hmm. are basically like, yeah, Never talk again and go just be like nuns basically mm-hmm. because they can't they they're just trying to cope with life their trauma yeah i mean yeah Ugh. they're essentially reproduction farms for these creatures right so it's, it's a terrible thing and it's hard this anime explores a lot of very intense topics but mm-hmm. at the end of the day i also think it's a very good representation of a lot of the topics that it's trying to bring right i think it's telling a hard story but it's telling it well mm-hmm. and while we could argue back and forth as a society and as a podcast about what was necessary to be in there and what wasn't what we have is what we have and that's where we'll have to decide uh based on this the context and everything else what we feel about it in the long run because this is mm-hmm. all of our first times watching this anime yeah but i do want to try to like lift the mood a little by talking about the music of Goblin Slayer. In general, Demon Slayer has very good music uh, work. Uh, you know, in the scene, in those emotional scenes where she's like watching Goblin Slayer take out the children, like there's very mm-hmm. somber music playing while he's going in those intense battles. 
there's amazing heavy metal music playing. Mm-hmm. But that aside, we have a we have our OP and our ED. So let's talk about those. Our OP is Rightfully by Millie. Lauren, tell me, what did you think about that OP? Ugh, I don't know. I felt like it didn't live up to Goblin Slayer himself, like as a character. I thought it was a little underwhelming for this show and what it was about myself. I, I don't know. What did disagree. you think? It's very high energy. It's very intense. It's a very, it very intense haunting. OP. It's very haunting, just like the anime itself is. I see what you mean, Lauren, but like... It is more intense, and I like it. I think um, it goes, like, way higher energy. Yeah, I think it's got, like, this very strong intensity. Like, it's it's haunting in this very, like, it's all, uh, like, I hate saying dollhousey, but, mm-hmm. like, where it's it feels like um, this uh, very disjointed, intense, like, lullaby. But not a lullaby, like, where it's putting you to sleep, like, where it's, like, I don't know, like, I, it's, like, almost uncomfortable to listen to, but, like, in this very real way that I think fits the anime so well. Oh, yeah. Lauren, how hmm. did you feel about it being in English? Did that make it feel uncomfortable, too? Or, like... No. No, no, because, um... We're all made uncomfortable by Yuri, English. I mean, <laughs> English is a rough language. But, like, History Maker and Yuri on Ice didn't make me uncomfortable. Great Pretender, like, there's a couple that I've watched that are in English, and that wasn't jarring so much. It, I don't know. I just kept watching it and thinking, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I liked the song. I liked the song. I just wasn't sure if it was, it didn't fit the vibe for me for, like, an opening, right? But I think it was fine as a song itself. Do you think it would be better, like, as an outro then? Maybe. Maybe they should have been flipped. I def- definitely don't think they should have been flipped. The outro mm. is so subdued. Uh, but let's talk about the outro. So our ED is Gin no Kise, which is Silver's Oath by Soraru. <laughs> Lauren, tell me what you thought of that outro. I really liked the outro. I thought the outro was great. I loved the, um, I don't want to say simple animation because it wasn't by any means. I mean, it was but CG. It was very, yeah, it was CG. But I was, you're almost kind of lulled by it because it is more repetitive animation. But I really liked it. I thought the song 
was a great out for the the anime. I really enjoyed the ED. I thought it was it was better than the OP for me. I honestly think, like I said, the outro is a lot more subdued, but I don't think that's a bad thing. But to, I do disagree with the idea that they could be flipped because the opening is so intense and the outro is so subdued. Like that's I, I disagree with your assessment. Sure. I mean, maybe... Because it sometimes it takes me a while for um for a song to grow on me. Maybe I just haven't listened to these enough. Maybe I haven't you know explored the anime enough to like feel that it's it's a cool time and it all vibes together. Yeah, this definitely the outro is definitely like the mindset of Goblin Slayer. This is what I feel like if auras could sing. This is what his aura would be singing. Mm, that's beautifully put. Oh. <laughs> Uh, thank you. I didn't steal it from a child on TikTok. No, for reals. I didn't steal it from a child on TikTok. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Um, all right. So then, I mean, clearly uh, we all, you know, have our differing opinions. Bag. Yeah. But regardless, I think we also agree on the sound of everything. So let's see how uh, how in agreement we are. But moving on to our segment, what modern or contemporary artists do we think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Lauren, tell me who mm-hmm. you think would have done a good job with Rightfully. Looking at this, I did definitely want a band that had a full orchestra backing. And then I was also very intent on finding a, a female vocalist. So I ended up picking Epica. Hell yeah. I definitely looked at Epica. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a phenomenal choice. I absolutely think that fully fits the vibe, the energy, everything. Thank you. I think vocally it never gets as intense, but um, no. vibe-wise it can get as intense. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. She never um, fully meets the original vocalist for how intense she goes. Yeah. I... I'm less happy with mine, but I I couldn't get <laughs> I couldn't get, get the dollhouse energy I was getting from this. Like I agree with something Skylar said. It kind of reminds me of like the energy of like another, mm. uh, which is also full doll stuff. Yeah. Um, and I ended up going with Carly, specifically uh, her song "Walking on Air." Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really good match. I think she could absolutely vocally nail this. And even though the song doesn't get as intense as the OP, I think she could get there. I think it's a great choice. Yeah, I think it has the same haunting presence, but almost Mm -hmm. nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Skylar, round us home. I've been sitting on this band for like, since we started the podcast. Dang, Um, um, maybe get off of them. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the right one for this? Maybe not, but um, I... I do think it is. It's definitely an AMV deep cut for all of those people that did it back back in the early 2000s. But I went with Within Temptation, specifically their song Raise Your Banner. Uh, yeah, I think that's a very good choice. I think mm-hmm. it's um, definitely it, it, it's more epic than mm-hmm. the OP. Agreed. I think the OP has got a lot of like very sharp intensity this is very like bombastic mm-hmm. intensity yeah Ooh, that's a good way to put it yeah i i think that they're a, a good choice but yep. you know i think i think epica really takes this one for me yeah oh. Ooh, wow but regardless i think they're all good choices i think they could all do a good job with this but let's see who we think mm-hmm. could have done a good job with our outro I focus on the vocals in a band that I think had the potential to cover the more intense guitar sections, um, but still have that very like melodic feel to them. Um, I went with the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. When I tell you that I was definitely listening to the song Cat and Mouse by Jeff <laughs> <laughs> I think vocally, the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Energy, vibe, they, they wouldn't get there. 
I think they could. The song that I chose is very slow because I wanted the melodic. I will say though, but like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus doesn't ever go into this range. Like Red Jumpsuit Apparatus is like all because even know? when they are higher energy, it's like it's poppy still, high it's energy. It's not dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's I think optimistic. vocally, you'd be hard pressed to find a better match. I will take the vocals. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think I struggled to find a vocal match. I went like, eh, on the vocal, but I try to find the energy. And the mm-hmm. most importantly, I try to find vibe match. Uh, right. So that's why I ended up going with El Nino, who I've gone with before. I know that. Don't don't at me. But I El Nino. At you. This is exactly the sound I was trying to find. I think that they're a really great fit. I think that they they do fit the overall vibe and the the feel of the song. Yeah, it's hard because it's, it's hard to find someone that has this intensity in their guitar that doesn't just go straight screamo or metal voice. Yeah. So El Nino was like one of the few where I was like, yeah, I know they have this intensity while still just having like singing vocals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he, he can play into the more subdued vocal. If El Nino's band and Red Jumpsuit Operators' vocalist put, came together, I think we'd be there, Laura. Wow. I think that'd be it. I think we (laughs) needed to have our powers combined. Maybe Skylar's like, I didn't need to combine two bands. I've got the one. Boom. Basically, when I first heard the outro, I was like, oh, this is literally just uh, Hawthorne Heights, the Ohio, the very beginning parts, the very beginning part. The very beginning part, I could kind of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But I couldn't build enough on it. And I wanted to go more like emo, but I was trying to match the voice too much. And in that, I feel like I just could never recover vibe wise. And I went the same route Lauren did. And Mm. I ended up going with um, Empty Apartment by Yellow Card. Yellow Card's vocals might fit. It's like if so, you know you know how you can hear like the song Everlog and then Everlong Acoustic and mm, they are the same mm-hmm. song but they sound just inherently so different. Yeah. Um, this is like if there was an acoustic version of the Goblin Slayer ED, this would be a good vibe match for that. <laughs> this would be it. <laughs> wow. You know what? Now that he said that, that's absolutely true. <laughs> But it's still so subdued. Very um, much so. But yeah, I still think it's... I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I want to be clear. I mean, like, yes, this is the Silver's the Oath energy. bracket acoustic. This is the uh, modern apparatus <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I think that they could do it. It would just be a completely different feel yeah. to the song. But I still yeah. think it's a good choice. Yeah. For, Gob- for Silver's Oath bracket acoustic. <laughs> All right. Regardless, I think this is all good choices. This was a, you know, uh, they're slightly different, you know, out there songs. So I think th- mm. we we found good matches as far as we mm-hmm. could. I liked what we had. Uh, and let's see what else we have in store for this episode by uh, taking a quick break to watch some additional clips and some additional context and just getting Lauren's closing thoughts. So stay tuned for all that. All right, we're back. We have Lauren watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional goblin slang, honestly. So, Lauren, this is honestly, I mean, a very complicated one. I mean, I personally am having to make the same decision you are as a Skylar. And, I mean, I know when I look at this anime, I see a very good anime with a lot of hard things that it tackles. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really up to the audience to determine whether they themselves feel, A, whether those things are necessary for them to be in there. And even if they feel that they're necessary, even if they feel that they're part of the story, if it's something that they themselves want to be a party to, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't think anyone will fault you if that is a reason to give it a quiet disappointment. 
or if the exploration of those topics and the way that it's handled would be, I don't think anyone would fault you if that's a reason to give it a quiet success. Mm -hmm. But that said, I want to leave it to you to determine for you, Lauren, would you keep watching Goblin Slayer? I'm very intrigued by the characters. I am very intrigued also by the the different topics of conversation that this anime inspires and that I think it is exploring. This is similar to Higurashi for me, where this one's just too violent for me to continue, even though I'm very interested in what it has to say. So I do not think I could continue watching this one. An unfortunate but understandable kawaii disappointment here. Uh, Similar to Higurashi, it's just not content that you can realistically continue watching Mm -hmm. but uh, i hope through all everything that we've talked about if you are listeners or uh debating the same point you will be able to come to a decision that works for you i will say for me i think i'm very curious and continuing to watch this anime uh what about you skylar i mean if you're watching it i would definitely watch it with you i feel like the things that you said did put a lot of things into perspective for me so i get it Mm -hmm. But regardless of perspective, I mean, at the end of the day, it, the content's still there. Perspective yeah. or not, that stuff still happens. Mm-hmm. And it that's still a valuable reason to not want to continue watching this. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, go and put it on myself. But if uh, you're watching it, I would definitely watch it with you. I just want to go seek it out myself. Which... I mean, like, it feels like unserious enough to bring this up here, but that is a kawaii desu meh. We have had that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the whole spectrum, I feel like we we cover the whole spectrum. We have Lauren as a kawaii disappointment, Skylar yeah, a kawaii desu meh, me a kawaii success. success. But I think all are valid. Like, you know, sometimes if you, I've definitely had episodes where we get a quiet disappointment and I don't understand why. Like, I think the anime is so good, but I, I respect and understand every topic and point of view we have here. Honestly, especially for you both being female audience members of this, you have a different relationship to it than mm-hmm. I ever will, right? So I, yeah. I yeah. don't begrudge it. And I think this was a, a very thought-provoking episode here of the Quiet Disappointment Podcast. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, I liked, uh, I liked where we ended up. I liked our conversation. It's just, it's hard, you yeah. know, it's a hard it's content. Hard. Uh-huh. And it's it's not like I don't seek out things that are, like, are not dark and stuff, obviously. Like, look at Banana Fish. That is But it's so a different thing. Bleak. But it's a completely different thing. And even, even if you can handle it in some regards, you can't always handle it in others. Yeah, this one's very graphic. All opinions are valid. Uh, typically, when we get a quiet disappointment, it is because the anime wasn't uh, very good. So we tend to ask what your least favorite, who your least favorite character was. But I don't think that necessarily falls here. I would like to ask who your favorite character was because I do think that you enjoyed the storytelling, just not the grander aspects of it. That yeah, that's very accurate for me. The priestess was my favorite. She's so pure and um, she is righteous and i aligned with her the most like she's our window into the world so when she was like do you have to kill the kids i was like yeah does he but then he explained i went okay so i related to her the most so she was my favorite uh i totally agree with that uh in terms of like what she stands for she's so righteous like yeah she she also sees the terrible things that are happening and she chooses to continue to fight against them even though she knows she's putting herself in a lot of risk by doing so Right. And that's very mm-hmm. admirable. Absolutely. I, in saying that just now, I talked myself into also picking priestess. I was literally five seconds of planning on saying uh, Goblin Slayer, but 
I mean, he is, he is wicked cool. And I very much respect him. But Priestess is the the heart of the show. And I Mm -hmm. feel like you need that. Yeah. In something like this. 100% agree. What about you, Sky? Um, It's definitely Goblin Slayer. His voice is just too attractive. Oh, his his voice acting was incredible. Yeah, no, I think that they picked the right His face is also very attractive. Apparently, But I also like that that's not important at all, right? Like, the show isn't like he's cute yeah the show has like its moments of levity because i if you didn't this would just be like a hard slog oh it would be so rough and i tried to showcase some of the other intense moments mixed with some of the lighter moments mm-hmm. just as, just so you could see that you know it's not just like bam 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 the entire time right but yeah i i i really like goblins as a character i also you know he Clearly, you, you even see in the context, he has a, little, a lot of growth throughout mm-hmm. the show because yeah. he gets the humanity of priestess and of, you know, non-humans like the elf and the dwarf and the lizard <laughs> helping him be learn kind of to look at things a little differently uh, yeah. while still realizing that he can still hate goblins. <laughs> he yes. can still go on his vengeful quest against goblins, but he doesn't have to be so stilted about it, you yes. know? Yeah. All right, a very, very understandable and interesting Kawhi disappointment in the book. Uh, I think one of two we've had with Lauren, both for pretty much very similar reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a baby. No, it's. I don't no. think it's being a baby. It's hard no. for people to experience this. I think had we put, say... Any of our any of our other you know our rotating hosts that we had um, through this, I I could see a pretty consistent quite disappointment coming through through the block. So I don't think you should look at this as like a oh yeah I know I can't handle things. I well, think I think it is a very understandable situation, and I hope that the conversation led to some more thoughts for you, our audience. Uh, mm-hmm. But that said, just like Robin Slayer, we can't sit here and be dour all day. We have to have some <laughs> moments of levity. So let's play a quick game. Yes. A game called, Is There an MV for That? AMV, anime music videos. Is there an AMV for that? All right. So this is actually all of our first times watching Goblin Slayer. Um, which we've never fully really had. We have had a handful of times in the history of the Quiet Disappointment podcast. Uh, So historically, when we do this, I will look up Lauren's answer and Skylar's answer, and then Skylar will look up my answer. So uh, we will go down in that order. So Lauren, give us your song and artist for Goblin Slayer. I really focused on Goblin Slayer, the character, when I picked my amv choice, and I went with Animal I Have Become by Three Days Grace. When I fucked. Skylar, did you also pick Animal I Have Become by Three Days Grace? Yes. Wow. Well, then we doubled down. <laughs> no, I'm going to come no, no, up no. with a different I, one. I love when we do the same yeah. one, though. You I think and I did the same that... for Psyche K. I don't no. know why you get so weird about it, Skylar. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> I think it shows that we're very much tapping into a part of the anime that probably exists, right? A lexicon, yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think it's a good choice. I don't know if it exists. We're going to see. I think you guys should be very confident about this. I'm also glad I don't have to do double research because that always runs the risk of me finding mine and then like sticking to it or not finding mine and not sticking to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, having done the research now, Goblin Slayer, AMV, Animal I Have Become, Three Days Grace is a three-pointer in the book. There are many of Yay! them because it does fit very well. I don't think there's mm-hmm. anything wrong with both of you having picked it because it is a perfect choice. 
Because yeah. it's literally him becoming like going from a human to just a killing machine. Yes, 100%. Exactly. It fits yeah. beautifully. It does. So I wonder what TJ picked, though. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to see if you do it. I went with a similar vibe of trying to look at Goblin Slayer as a character. And I went with Who Taught You How to Hate by Disturbed. Oh, I oh. hope this exists. That's such a great fucking choice. The goblins did, by the way, is the answer. It was the goblins, yeah. yeah. If you listen to the song, they actually talk about that. <laughs> I didn't even finish typing. I just put who taught you, and I was about to continue, and it just pressed search, and already it popped up as, like, who taught you how to hate AMV Goblin Slayer. So, yes, PJ, you got it. All of us got it's three so points. Funny. Every time Skylar has to take over, she's just like, you got it. She's never like, three points, PJ. Nothing, never. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you. You got it. You did it. Full point. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations, well, you know, PJ. I think, we, I think we went with both songs, and even just the title alone tells you everything you need to know about Goblin Slayer's character. Honestly, 100%. Yes. Like, who taught you how to hate an animal I have become? Perfect songs for this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that we got three points across the board. Yeah. And let's say if we can make it a fourth. Because it's time for the super secret, not so secret, bonus point. Do you, Lauren, think mm. that Goblin Slayer will have an AMV to Evanescence bring me to life? All right, Lauren, the choice is yours. Uh, I absolutely think it exists. Yeah, I don't even need to search it, though yeah. I already have. There, of course, are many mm-hmm. bring me to life AMVs. It's a very dour, very sa- very dour anime, so it's always a pretty yeah. good bet with those dark and dour ones. Uh, but that puts us as a pod all as a whole to a four points, which Yay. is a very positive note to end this very uh, serious episode on. Yeah. Uh, quite a disappointment in the book, but four points locked in and loaded and a very good conversation had. And, I'm, and I appreciate you joining us to have that conversation, Lauren. Yeah. You know, thank you for having the conversation. It, if we don't talk about this stuff, nothing's going to change, right? So yeah. it's important to start talking about it. And I hope that you, our listeners, had a good time going through and kind of listening to us discuss this. I hope it brought up some new thoughts for you. But regardless, I hope you just had a good time listening to us discuss it, thinking about it. I hope you were able to take some fun from this. I hope you had a had a goblin slaying time because they're terrible, terrible monster creatures who Awful deserve monsters. to be dead. Do not want them. But until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I have been PJ. I've been Skylar. I have been Lauren. And until next time, just remember all goblins are the worst. The actual worst. They don't deserve <laughs> to live. <laughs> what is it? A-G. A-Gab. <laughs> That's it. All right. Bye, everyone. All goblins are Goodbye.